0: Welcome back to the DKH2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. And your Pitt Panthers were victorious on Saturday on the basketball court at the Peterson Event Center, 67-50 over the Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs. Pitt did the thing. But especially, Justin Penny really did the thing. He finishes this game with... 24 points and 21 rebounds, also 5 assists, 2 blocks, and a steal. But what's significant of that, if you remember from uh, me hyping up his performance after that Northwestern win, this is the second straight game which he's had with 20 points and 20 rebounds. Second straight. Historically, there's a lot of really good names on that list. The last ACC player to do it twice in a season, I believe, was Tim Duncan, which is crazy to think. He's the third major conference player in the last 25 seasons, with at least 20 points and 20 rebounds in back-to-back games, joining Caleb's uh, Caleb Swanigan of Purdue and Oklahoma's Blake Griffin, who, crazy enough, Jeff Capel coached. Pretty crazy stuff there, Justin Champagny just going off. And at one point, you remember that the the uh, the Bugs Bunny, the baseball Bugs Bugs Bunny, where he's playing baseball and they say first base Bugs Bunny, second base Bugs Bunny, shortstop Bugs Bunny, third base Bugs Bunny. That's what it felt like with Justin Champagny at one point. Like there was a there was an exchange where he gets a def- he gets an offensive rebound, puts it back in. He goes on the other side of the court, blocks the shot, kicks it to, to Jamie Johnson, Javier Johnson kicks it back to him, then he puts it in for a bucket. And I'm just like, geez, he's everywhere. And that's great for Pitt. They got. They look like they got a, themselves a for real, for real superstar. Now, my, my post-game calm was asking the question uh, of, you know, can Justin Champagny's performances like this carry Pitt into the ACC? And my point is that they need more. Because this was still, even with the comfortable win, this was still the second-worst shooting performance they put together percentage-wise. Now, granted, it was a more comfortable win because the defense is coming together, but that's my point here. Pitt's putting things together. Yes, there are plenty of questions. Yes, there are issues that, you know, they haven't been consistent really anywhere, but again, they're extremely young. They're all figuring this out. This is Champagny's second year. Players like Xavier Johnson, who finished with 12 points in this game, He's the junior. He's the guy that's supposed to be leading. And, and Xavier Johnson, even with him, he's he's learning about, you know, the, the program has to establish itself first. And we're seeing that. Slowly but surely. Though crazy enough, Xavier Johnson only four only shot five times, hit four of them in this game. Um, he got into foul trouble early. And that was another thing I thought was good about this game. He got into foul trouble early. Femi Utacale came out and played ran point guard. Didn't uh didn't do too much. He had four but he had four points. Um all of them came from the stripe, but it showed that Pitt's team could run even while Xavier Johnson, one of the big three that they have, isn't available. And um, and there were a lot of problems in this game. Ithiel Horton, man, outside of Northwestern, uh, not even Northwestern, outside of Northern Illinois, he has looked not good this year. He uh, goes this game one for six. 0 for five from the three-point line. He hasn't made. He's he's 0 for eight from the three-point line since his his uh, five-point his five, point, his five uh, three-pointer game uh, against Northern Illinois. Audis Tony also didn't really have a great game offensively. He was two from eight from the field. Did hit five free throws. He finishes with nine points. But where the where, where Pitt found answers was on the front court with Abdul Kareem Koulibaly. And I said in the last game, I thought he looked pretty good defensively. He looked even better in this one. And it's not like, you know, Patrick Ewing, like, block everything that comes to the rim type of look good. It's read the ball screen. Cut off where they're going. Communicate. Talk to your guys. Switch people off at the right time. That's what a good defensive player does. And he was doing that. And it's a big reason why Pitt was able to to keep... Gardner webbed to 50 points in this game. They held these guys scoreless for 12 minutes and like like 17 seconds. It was ridiculous. At one point, it was like seven nothing, and I was sitting there saying like, "Wow, this is definitely a football score right now." I, I, I tweeted out. I was like, "Man, Pitts 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 defense has held them for a shutout for 12 minutes, and, and uh, you know they've got only got seven points on the board. But hey, Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones, they're really getting after them. I and mean, obviously, making a joke there. But um, point being. The defense really played well. And what were we talking about after St. Francis? And even after Drexel, he's like, man, this defense needs to get it together. And guess what? They're getting it together. They locked down Northern Illinois. They played really well against Northwestern. Because as bad as they were shooting against Northwestern, the defense kept them in check until the offense came around. And this game was more of a situation where the defense kept them so in check that when they came around, it was just a blowout. And Pitt's freshman did a really good job, because they come in. John Hugley, I think, I think he looked really solid in uh, in his 13 minutes. He was one for five from the field, only two points, but he had six boards. As did Abdul Kareem Kula, or uh, Kul- excuse me, K- uh, Kula Bali had nine. Terrell Brown came off the bench. He had six. Koulibaly, I mean, he had nine boards, four of them on offense, which was you know getting them the second chance points, and he had four fouls, you know, pretty early in this game. He was in, you know, he was in trouble, um, and he, he he stayed physical. He had two blocks, had an assist, um, really looked good out there. And to me, this was the front court in Justin Champeny and Xavier Johnson, you know, hitting in his limited time when he was out there he only played 18 minutes which is by far the lowest amount of time he's played in any game this year but again that's cuz he got two fouls in the first like 100 seconds of the game but they're finding different ways to win and if you if you listen to me a lot you know that that's what i say about the steelers this year now of course i'm not saying that the pits going to go 11 and 1 and that they're that they're on the steelers level with what the steelers are at i'm not saying that but i am saying what makes a good team is that you can win with different ways if i take away one part of your your strengths you have another strength to hit me over the head with and with the Steelers, we've seen that with throwing the ball and then the defense getting the pressure, having the coverage, stuffing the run, playmakers down the field on the offense, playmakers in the short-passing offense. Early in the season, they had the run game. It's the same thing with Pitt over these past few games. Against Northern Illinois, it was the shooting. It was how they, how they were just shooting lights out. Against Northwestern, it was a combination of the defense and then the backcourt going buck wild. Audis Tony, Justin champenny Xavier Johnson, just just leading the big three, leading the team in a big game. Then this game, it was the defense balling out even better, and then the front court coming up for him. How about that? Different ways, and again, I'm not saying Pitts. Here to run the table. In fact, that's why I wrote the post game article for dkpittsburghsports.com, which you can subscribe for $4.99 a month, $39.99 a year. Just and you can read my work there. And my, my whole thing was about, hey, let's actually look at if this team's ready to play the ACC yet, and maybe they are, but maybe they're not. But the point is, after a really rough start, where everyone was legitimately questioning what the heck is going on with Pitt basketball, is this team gonna even do anything this year? They deliver. Four strong performances on non-conference opponents. Trexel was a little tighter, but these last three were confident wins. Two of those wins were comfortable home non-conference wins at the Pete. Like like everyone's expected and remembers since the Pete opened what in two thousand one or two, whenever that place opened. I used to go to the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse when I was a kid to see Brandon Knight in his young days. It's just it's tough to put all the years together, but you get what I'm saying. This team does have potential. And Justin Champagne looks like a superstar. And it looks like Xavier Johnson can be a star. And maybe Audi's Tony can be a star. Now they need some more role players. And on top of that, we'll get into this more later in the week. But on top of that, it looks like Pitt might be getting Nike Sabande back. Now, if you're not sure who that is because you're more of a casual fan and you haven't been, you know, it's a little early in the season, so you're still not listening. Um, Nike Sabande was the transfer from Miami, Ohio that's supposed to be the real deal. But he hasn't been able to play because of eligibility and uh, Miami, Miami, Ohio won't let him clear waivers. But the NCAA has announced they're going to clear they're going to to have a blanket waiver for all eligible for all players to be eligible Uh, regardless of their transfer status, which would make him available on Wednesday, which is when the team first plays against Miami. Now, will he play against Miami? Who knows? We'll see how that works out. But the point being, Pitt's got a lot of things going for it right now on basketball. We'll be talking about that later in the week. They play Miami. We'll probably talk to you on this podcast about that game. And uh, we'll, we'll see. How real are they for the ACC? I'm not sure yet, but they are putting it together. We'll be back for more on the DKH2P podcast right after this. We're back here on the DKH2P podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. So let's talk about some things here with Pitt football. Now, of course, you've heard the news that Pitt has taken the option to not play in bowl games this year. That was announced on Friday, so... And if you read my work, you know how I feel about it, but I'm here to tell you anyways. Because I feel like I'm better at saying things than writing things sometimes. Sometimes. But I think it was the be- it was the right call to not even play games with it. Just say, you know what? That's the season. You end the game winning four of your last three, or three of your last four, that's impossible to win four of your last three. Good job, Carter. But, <laughs> um... I look at how the how the year ended, how the year was going. Rashad Weaver opts out of the final game. I wasn't mad at him for it. It's a crazy year. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, He gave a great explanation on his Twitter for it. Demar Hamlin also opted out of the last game, though. Him, I was kind of like, yeah, Demar, you need to put a little bit more tape out there. But hey, you know, do do what you got to do to prepare for for the NFL. You get you know these kids are playing for free. They they have they've given a lot to this program. They don't owe it. They don't owe Pitt anything. So I'm okay with them opting out and I'm okay with pit opting out. I mean come on where were they gonna like if, if, if you're if you're one of the few people out there because I, I did see I was a little I was a little curious as to how my article would be received in um, you know when I, when I wrote that they, they made the right choice because it's, it would have been ridiculous for them to play a bowl game right now or to, to try to play a bowl game right now. And I wasn't sure what the response would be. I thought people might be like, "Man, Chris, you're being soft. You're being a softie. They need to get back out there." But a lot of you guys in the D- in the comment section, at DK Pittsburgh Sports, y'all was like, "Nah, that was the right call." And I was like, "Okay, y'all, seeing things uh, my way, which of course is the right way because I'm always right." I had to sound like Stephen A. for a sec, um, but I I look at this and I say, "What what were you, what what be the benefit of playing in that bowl game?" And we don't even know what ball game that would be, right? Because then there's a whole process to get in the ball. You got to get invited. But then if you get invited, Pitt has no say over who their opponent is. But then they got to look to see do we match up with them, you know, with with our protocols, because that was how Pitt decided, you know, who who Austin P who Austin P was going to be. You know, Austin P had to have close enough rules and protocols to follow, them, you know, to be close enough to Pitt, and that's where that's where this came from. And now, you know, now you want them to wait around. And again, the whole point of Austin P was they knew they were going to play the next week anyways because of their ACC schedule. There's no more set schedule. If Pitt had to wait to see if a bowl game was going to happen, those kids could have been showing up for the next two weeks practicing and getting tested all the time and wasting their time and wasting the, the the university's time and money to keep up a football team that we don't even know if they're going to play a game. And then say you do get that game, but then the week of the game, you guys have a COVID outbreak, and then it has to get pushed back. And how much does it get pushed back? Does it get pushed back a few days, a week, a month? Or the other team gets a COVID outbreak, and the same thing happens, and you don't know, or, or then they cancel, and then you're like, well, wait, what did we just do all that for? Meanwhile, 11 of those type of bowls that Pitt would have been invited to at 6-5, and they've already been canceled. It's a done deal. And I expect more to go that way. I think there shouldn't be any bowls outside the New Year's 6, or the New Year's, however many bowls are on the New Year's these days, and the college football playoffs. If it is not a major game with serious implications, why do it? And then the bowl... You know, the committees that, that make those smaller bowls too, you know, what money are they going to make? They can't get no one to come to the games. No one's going to travel right now. Not for a program that's not, you know, that if you're invited to the pinstripe bowl or the quick lane bowl, which both I believe have already been canceled, but you, you get what I'm saying. One of those types of bowls are, is how many Pitt fans normally would travel for that game, Now how many would travel during the middle of a pandemic. Exactly. And it's not just Pitt. That's not a dig on Pitt. That's how many people would travel for Virginia Tech or Wake Forest or Stanford or USC or, or even some of the blue bloods. Like, you know, like, you know, how many people would travel for Penn State right now? You know, it's, it's what it is right now. And so instead of putting your players through all the guessing, forget about it. Just go. Call it a season. And despite it being disappointing, because Pitt surely left it a lot out there, two one-point losses, they win those games, they finish this year, what, 8-3? and three? And maybe, maybe, if Kenny Pickett doesn't get hurt, maybe they sneak, out, they sneak Miami. Because Miami sure got walloped on Saturday by North Carolina not being able to stop the run. Maybe if Kenny Pickett's there, maybe they... They were in that game with Joey Yellen, and Joey Yellen was doing horribly. Kenny Pickett may, maybe makes that a game, maybe gets them a win on the road. Then maybe you're talking about a 9-2 Pitt football team with the only losses coming to the two, two teams that are going to be in the college football playoff in Clemson and Notre Dame. And if Pitt's sitting at 9-2, maybe we're saying, whoa, it's a different year, but again, you know, we're in the what-if universe, uh, like Marvel's new uh, Disney Plus show that they're coming out with. So, I get that that's disappointing, but you're not going to make up for any of that with a a middling bowl game. It's not happening. What What you can take from this year is that Pitt's senior class and the players that are moving on got some good chances to make the NFL. Patrick Jones is getting drafted probably in the top two rounds. Rashad Weaver, with a good combine, might move his way into the top three. Paris Ford, top two rounds. Jalen Tomlin top two rounds. Now, other players like Jimmy Morrissey, Kenny Pickett, Demar Hamlin, those guys, I see them getting drafted, but you know, way down the line, I think Demar Hamlin would do really well in the NFL if he found the right system that allowed him that, that, that wanted him to be flexible. I think he could be another team's Cam Sutton. With how smart he is, with how quick he is, with how you know, with with how reliable he is as a leader, I think that, that that's how good he can be. But we got to see how well, you know what opportunities he gets, because ultimately you can be good if you don't get the shot, then you, no one will ever sees you, and and you can be good on a on a you know and and come into a bad situation and someone still never sees you. And then you got people like Jason Pinnock, who I don't think gets drafted unless he gets drafted super duper late. Alex Kessman, who's a kicker and who knows how kickers work in the draft. He did have a lot of boots, so maybe he gets eyes on that. I think he'll get a shot in the NFL, for sure. But, I mean, I just look across the board. I see that's a lot of Pitt seniors we're talking about in the draft, and Paris Ford's not even a senior. And that's something to take away from this year, is you're about to see a lot of Pitt talent go, in, go into the draft. And when Pitt talent you know starts to poke up eyes, that that helps the program more. Now granted, of course, I know everyone's gonna say, well, it sure has helped and helped them with James Conner and Aaron Donald and all the other pick guys that are in the league doing well. Avante Maddox and, you know, uh Jordan Whitehead's doing well for Buccaneers. But you know, it, it it adds to the legacy of the program and I think it's something to be excited about. We'll be going over um things to be excited about uh in this it, we'll be we'll be going over things to be excited about in you know with this with this draft class as the as the year goes on. Because as we head into 2021, basketball season will come to a close. Well, actually, yeah, it will happen right around draft time. So you'll, you'll be hearing me and you're going to read some of my work on DK Pittsburgh sports, breaking down each of their their major players and some of their minor players that should be going into this draft class and the value of them and where they could be, where they could find themselves in the NFL. Going over their tape, their their, their positives, their negatives, et cetera. But we got plenty of time for that. The point is, right now, Pitt made the right call, pulling the plug and saying, "All right, that's a good. That, that, that's a season. That's a wrap. Send the send the kids home. It's the holidays. The finals are done. No need to keep quarantining and you know playing in a bubble when you're not playing, or when you're not sure if you will be playing because who knows how this bowl season is going to work." So good job, Pitt. H two P and all that. And thanks for listening to the DKHTP Podcast. Thanks for listening to the DK uh, Sports Radio Network. Appreciate you. Um, check us out. We got our pregame podcast on the Steelers game. Um, with I I, talk, I spoke with Deion Kovacevic on that. Um, we're going to have all sorts of coverage for you on DKPittsburghSports.com as the Steelers take on the Bills tonight, Sunday, on uh, on Sunday Night Football NBC it's going to be a good time. I'll be on the final word afterwards, Channel 11, WPXI in Pittsburgh doing that. If you're liking the, the, the Sports Radio Network here on the podcast, do hit subscribe. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere. Podcasts are hosted. Also, leave a five-star review with a positive comment. Doing so really helps out the show. Thanks so much again. Be back in your ears later this week.